essentially. So um, I've walked with her. I'll get a call from her just on the random. Every time I see her name pop up on my phone, I do everything I can to pick it up because never fails. She has the heart of God. She has intimate friendship with him. And so she comes with a word from the Lord and she has been praying and seeking the Lord for her time with us today. So I want to let you know, this comes tailor made. This word that she's going to be bring has God had you in mind. She does not ever just speak frivolously. She calls and says, God said, the gold is yours. And I'm in smart and final buying watermelon. The gold is mine. And, and I knew what that meant. That meant the gold, the treasure in people. That's what God was dealing with me. You pull out the gold in people and she'll call dead on. And I, wherever I am, smart and final, doesn't matter. I pick up the phone. Would you come, Pastor Monica? Would you welcome Pastor Monica Stenberg? You bring it like God gave it to you and have your way. We're ready. Amen. I'm going to use this tiny, oh no, this one, this tiny one. Thank you. Look at, is this, look at, I want to go on record that you guys are amazing. I used, uh, um, he brought me to the bathroom a little bit ago and he's like, I'm sorry, they're little. I'm like, no, this is perfect. Like, I have never felt so prepared for. Is that too much information? For those who have not met me, sorry. <laughs> we'll just cut to the chase. It was like, perfect. Sorry. And now I looked at the table and I'm like, no, that table won't work, but this will work. It's okay. Leave it. Perfect. And no, I don't know. I'll fiddle with it. I always do. So I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for receiving me. Truly, um, Anna is a dear friend. First and foremost, a dear, dear friend. And um, I was thinking how, and Pastor Joel as well, I remember when my family first began to come to the rock in Anaheim and, um, pastor Joel was like one of the first faces for us. And it was more than I even realized, you know, looking back all these years, it was at a time when I, um, was just trying to survive. I think I had my five kids and my niece and nephew were in my care. And so I kind of had all that going on. So I had like seven kids, like that's crazy. <laughs> like, look, how did I make it? <laughs> you know, but um, you know, but God had a plan for us, and He was bringing us somewhere. And you know, Pastor Joel just week after week, and my mom was with it, so he'd be like, "Hey, Grandma," and you know, and just just loved us in. And who would know all that God would have planned for us at the Rock? We could not have foresaw, and I'm sure we cannot foresee what God has for our family in the future because we're still walking this out like all of you. We're all walking it out. But um, I'm just blessed to be here. And um, I'm going to need Kim to keep mindful. At some point, give me a cue on some time because I will have no clue. Uh, I see a clock, but it won't mean anything in a minute. I'll forget that it was there and I'll go, wait, what? And I'll get distracted. But So I want to pray because I, I feel like I have two things for this place. I knew for sure the Lord spoke to me about, um, this body, these leaders, this body and the individuals of the church and spoke something very specific that I wrestled with because what I don't want to be is a person who comes always with good news. I know that sounds 
stupid to say, but I'm just being honest. Like, I don't want to ever get in a trap where I'm expected to bring, like, the positive message. And those who know me well are laughing, like, don't worry, you're not. Uh, If you know me one-on-one, I am the person to, like, call out everything. But I don't know why. When I get public, I feel like I don't ever want to fall into that trap. Um, So I wrestled with the word because it was so glowing about you that I was like, really? Like, are you sure you want me to say, you know, so... Anyways, I don't know where to start first. I have a little, a little message I want to share with you and the word. So let's pray and let the Holy Spirit lead us. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you really are the way maker, that you really are the promise keeper. You really are the light in the darkness. And that the mere fact that I'm standing here, though others will not fully understand what I'm saying, you and I, we know that I am evidence that you are the way maker, that you are light in the darkness. And that because of you, I can even stand here. I can stand anywhere. (laughs) And you're right. I can stand anywhere because of you, because of what you accomplished and because what you decided long ago, that you predestined us and called us before we were born. Because of that, we're here. So Lord, I yield to you. I ask that you would have your way, that you would say only what you want to say, that words would be spoken that are only what you have to say because no other words matter. We are filled and inundated with information and words. Endless speaking happens on this planet, but Lord, your words are powerful. Your words break the cedars. The word and the voice of God obliterates every obstacle, clears a path so that we can see the end, so that we can see where we're going. So we welcome you to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. That was really for me. It was really not for you. (laughs) Um, But boy, as we worshiped this morning, I'm just um, honored to be in his presence and in yours, reminded all over again that really does come down to that Jesus made a way for us. He made a way for us. So on that note, I'm going to uh, go ahead and just hop to, uh, I want to, <laughs> so last night, here we go. Last night, because everybody prepares their message last night. At <laughs> Actually, I told you the Lord spoke to me about you guys on Wednesday. Um, so I was like, okay. I'm going to stay with that. And if you have something more to say, I'm going to resist my temptation to try and be like Pastor Jerry or Pastor Tristan or whomever who has all these amazing teaching points. I'm going to resist all that and just give what you give. Um, So I was happy with that. Uh, And then yesterday we, uh, my squad, a group of people, we had the privilege of going to the Anaheim Family Care Center, which is a family shelter in Anaheim. And we put on uh, like a moon bounce and we barbecued and we just loved the people there. And so this was a long day. And did I mention that I needed to dye my hair? Is that okay to say that? No, I'm going to go there. I needed to dye my hair and I was out of my color. And then I went to go buy it so I could do it last night. And it's discontinued. I'm like, wait, I'm teaching somewhere tomorrow. I can't go with this and I can't pick a new color. I I say that realizing I'm under a weird, I could, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it worked. I had to just pick some color yesterday and be out all day and come home. Right. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. So I'm saying all that to say, like, I didn't, I just, in case y'all thought I was home fasting and 
like, what are you saying? <laughs> Yesterday, that was not what was happening. Um, we were out doing what we were supposed to be doing, being found where we were supposed to be found. And, um, and I, <laughs> I came home and dyed my hair with this new color. And uh, while I was in the shower, the Lord began to speak something else. And I was like, okay. So he began to talk to me about uh, prepositions. And in case you think I'm great in uh, English or grammar, it's like, no, 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 I really don't. I know the basics. But I kept thinking about prepositions. And prepositions are, you know, like nouns or uh, people, places, or things. And my, my son says, and ideas. I'm like, oh, sorry, that must be what they say now. I don't remember that part when I was in school. They must have added that. Anyways, and so there's nouns, verbs, there's all these parts of speech. And prepositions basically in a nutshell are locate, they're about location. And that's how I remember, it's about what I remember about them is I use the part that says position to like remind me. It's about where, over, under, with, you know. So it it describes where, like the boy is on the chair, you know. So on is the preposition. So as I'm taking a shower, I'm thinking about this, I know. It makes sense, but then the Lord began to say, where are you? And I began to think about where are we? And I feel like the Lord wants to remind all of us today where we are, regardless of how we feel, regardless of where you think you are. We are in him, in him, in him. You are hid with him, in him. Nothing can touch you. I know that it feels like everything can touch us. And one wrong move or whatever, you know, throws everything off. And God's saying, no, 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 listen. No, no, you are in me. So when I got out of the shower, I uh, went to Colossians. Actually, I said Genesis 3, but I'm going to take you to Colossians 3 first. I'll just give it to you in the order he gave it to me. Why play with it? Well, first we'll do Colossians 2. Let me read through 2 and we'll get to 3. So we'll just start at verse 6, Colossians 2, verse 6. It says, As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Let me first say that where we're starting is as you have received him. So what I'm talking about is if you've received him. So for those of us who have accepted and received Jesus as our Savior, I loved this morning that it was so evident that Jesus is being lifted up in this place. You know that? I just, and I'm not, I don't know what all churches do. I mean, I'm at the Rock Anaheim every week. But I assume that there are some places that are not just quickly lifting up Jesus, because there's so many things to talk about. But even when Pastor Dave got up here and began to talk through the communion, it was making very clear, like Jesus died for us, the cross. So once we get clear that the cross has made a way for us and we receive that, this is where we end up. As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. So I'm not supposed to be walking with him. I'm not even following him. I'm I'm in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you. And I feel like this morning the Lord would just say, hey, I just want to caution you. Don't be cheated. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. You know, sometimes we're trying to explain things because of situations in our own thinking, but forget all that. Jesus died. 
And the bottom line is, once we accepted that, we died with him, as we're going to continue and see and read. And we are raised with him. We're in him. It's over. It's not like, well, how does that work? And, well, you're still doing it. Listen, I don't know. And the basic principles of this world's explanations are not where we get our answers. The way we think and process is not how we get our answers. It's what did he say? The word declares our position. In our position this morning, I just sense that the Lord is saying, I'm trying, I know he was like, I don't even know how this term works, but I feel like he was like giving me like a global positioning. Like, this is where you are, Monica. You are in me, in me. For in him dwells all the fullness of the the Godhead bodily, verse 10. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. I got to just say that right there. Like I'm in him and he's the head of all that. So why am I feeling pressure? Why am I feeling like, well, can I stand against the enemy? And I'll go, no, 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 no. I got to be in him. And he's the head of even them. Are you catching this? And I just sense the Holy Spirit is trying to awaken us to our reality. Where are you? And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. So this isn't about your behavior. It's not about the traditions you're keeping. Because now circumcision would have been uh, an act of keeping the law. It's not about all the laws you keep. And this is not me saying do whatever you want. But I'm just saying your position is not based on where you're at in your journey. Remember, he is the way maker. He's making a way for you. Let me tell you. Me standing here, I'm telling you. He does this. We don't do it. We do our best. And when we're, you know, nailing it, it helps. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, good. She got through that season. But the Lord knows that we're going to have these seasons where, like, we're not nailing it. But he's still making a way for us. And we're hid in him. And he'll walk through that valley of the shadow of death. And that's why we don't have to fear any evil. Because we're in him. We're in him. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of, of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him. Buried with him in baptism. When you were baptized, and by the way, if you have not been baptized, let me just give you a little heads up. It is not a ritual. It is not just a declaration of an inward thing that happened. I don't know what you've heard. I don't even know what we say. Sometimes I go, like, I've said all this. You know what it is? It is a, a moment. It is a, just a reality. I'm telling you, it will rock your world. It will, if you will let it, you will be buried with him. So you can be raised in power. And your enemies and everything that ever caught you up will be left in the ground. Buried with him in baptism, in which you were, were also were raised with him. Can you hear these other prepositions? So I'm in him. I'm with him. You were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. Listen, we are in him. We are with him. We aren't on our own. And I know we know these things in theory, but there's just a real sense that God is trying to say, no, no, I'm trying to help you actually get there. Kind of like driving here today. We had GPS on 
and we've been here before, but it's like, this thing was like, nope, you need to get off. It's like, God's saying, no, listen, I need to get you there. Not in theory, not in mental ascent, not in the notebook, in reality. Where are you? I'm here to tell you, you are not under your circumstances. You are not caught up in your addiction. You are not feeling the feelings of depression. You are in him. You are with him. You died with him and you are raised together with him. And when we make declarations about what Jesus has done, what we're really declaring is where you are. Do you understand? When you exalt him and say he is on the throne, forgive me if you can't handle this, but you're actually declaring where you are. You are seated in heavenly places. You are not under anything. You are not under anything. You're not under pressure. Do you hear me? I don't know about you, but I needed the Lord to tell me that this weekend. He's like, you are not under, you aren't under this pressure. And it was like the instant that those words hit my soul. I just, it was like, I'm free. I don't even know what I'm free from. I'm free from something. Whatever that pressure was, I don't even really have it defined, but I felt it. And his words reminded me of my true state. And you being dead, I'm just reading 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Because that's where you used to be. You used to be dead in your sins. But once you accepted Christ, you died with him and you were raised. He has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. We don't even get that, right? We just read that, but you don't know. All trespasses. Tomorrow's. Next year's. Next season's. Not just the old ones. We struggle with the old ones and the today ones. God's like, I've wiped them all out. Like till the, till you get there, he's not caught up in today and yesterday. He's not even caught up in tomorrow. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that when I stumble and think what I should be so much further ahead. And he's like, I, I knew that when I called you last season, you know what I mean? Like I, when I blessed you last, the last time you remember feeling the feeling of my close presence that you can't feel right now, like I knew everything you would do when I did that. Like I knew it all. So be free. Cause I would have just, if I didn't want you, you know, after the fact, I wouldn't have came for you to the front end. He knows everything. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. It's all the cross. The cross has done all these things. It has accomplished everything. It, Leaves nothing out. The cross of Jesus is still the central message of everything. I I mean, I get it now why Paul's like, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus for it is the power of salvation to those who believe. May we believe in the cross and what it accomplished. And even as we took communion today, Lord, I'm so thankful. Just fresh. Got it. You're all just hundred percent right now. Like we just cleared it. It was already clear, but I'm just saying it was for you. Right. We, we did. He's like, I just gave you I, do this in remembrance of me. Cause like, I remember everything, but you're going to need to keep remembering me. Going to have to keep being reminded. And he's reminding us today, reminding us 
what he's done and what that means. Verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. I want to hop to forward to Colossians 3, just to read a couple of verses there. Verse 3, starting at verse, or excuse me, chapter 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Did you hear that? Why would we seek that? Because that's where we're supposed to be focused, because that's where we are. Where is he? Sitting at the right hand of God. And we're in him. And, and this is what Paul is saying. Like, listen, if, like, if this is what we know, if then you were raised with Christ, because Christ was raised up and sat at the right hand of the Father. And if that's the case, which it is, and after just walking us through this whole thing, he's talking about you're in him and with him. He's saying, so listen, now, now that we've established that, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. This is where our focus needs to be, because this is where we really live. And I know, if you're like me, you don't feel like you live there. Not all the time. We might have moments, like when we're worshiping, we're like, yes, yes, this is who I am. <laughs> you know, then we go home, and or we have to deal with this, or we get a text, and we got a phone call, and we got pressures, and and, and all those things are designed to convince us that we live somewhere else. But we don't. We live in him because we died. We died. That old life of worry, that old life of concern, that old life of depression, addiction, anxiety, insecurity, pride, arrogance, success, all of that too. All that is dead. And we are alive in him. And we are seated with him at the right hand of God. So set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died. I mean, he just keeps like walking us through. Verse three, or, yeah, verse three. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So where we are today and where the Holy Spirit, I believe, is trying to awaken us, revive us, restore us convince us is listen you're alive and you're in Christ you're safe you're going to be all right you're going to win because he has won and we are in him we're not going to win on our own we're not going to figure it out and nail it we are going to be in him we win when we stay in him when the enemy comes to tell me, who do you think you are? Why do you, why would anyone listen to you? Because I'm dead and he gets to talk through me. That's why nothing more. When I remember that I'm at my best. When I realize, like I said, you know, I have this fight of like, oh, I got to get all these scriptures ready and I got to give them my great notes. And Marco's saying, send me your notes. What do you mean my notes? I don't have notes yet. No, I'm just <laughs> And I always send them going, I may or may not use these. And just tell tech, don't worry, I won't care because I can't see them anyways. <laughs> but when I remember that, it doesn't matter. That's not who I'm supposed to be. That's not what matters. 
We are in him. So after I uh, wrote this down and I just knew, like he's saying, you're, you're hitting me. He's hiding you. He's hiding you. After I jotted those down, I'll tell you, can I, I'll just, rather than try and put it together in some other form, I'll just tell you how he talks to me. I was like, okay, I'll just talk about that. And then he whispers, Adam, where are you hiding? Which drove me over to Genesis 3. Which I thought was a little ironic because I was just in Colossians 3. And now I'm in Genesis 3. And he said, now go back and remember what happened. So I just want to read a little bit of this. Genesis 3 verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, now we're in the garden. Like we're in the place where God has created. I mean, anyone done level one? It's a great time to plug it. Oh, yeah, great. Anyone who has not, I strongly recommend get into level one whenever the next one is, whenever they're going to do it again. Um, it'll, it'll change your life. I teach level one regularly at Anaheim, which means that can be many times in a year. And I'm not kidding you. Every time I'm teaching it, I'm like blown away with a new revelation of the love of God. And I came thinking, like, I believed God loves me. Like when, so I was kind of like, I'm on level one. Like, okay, what's that? All right, I'll do it. Like, I need that. Like, oh my God. And then I took it and it rocked my world. Little would I know that years later, the Lord would have me the privilege. I get to teach it. And every time I'm up there, I'm like, oh, I'm having real time revelation. How do I deal with this? So I just throw it out. I don't care. I just bring it out. You'll never mine the fullness of the depth. You know, you just never get there all the way. So, so anyways, that's just saying. So Oh, I said that for those who didn't take level one. I said all that because they talk about this moment in that class, right? Everyone who was in level one understood. Everyone else was like, where's she, where's she at? In him. That was the answer. I'm in him. That was the test. In him. Um, okay. So here they are in the garden that God created to have relationship with man, to spend time with him, to love them, to be with them. And he said to the woman, God has indeed, okay, so this is the serpent. And he said to the woman, God has, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, I'm, I'm having a hard time here. I'm resisting all the things I normally would talk about in level one right now. Sorry, Lord, help me to stay focused. Don't, don't talk about these things. I'm just reading through this. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And I realized that God was saying, do you remember? This is what happened. I created 
my delight. I created people to love them, to be with them, to be in relationship. And then it was broken and severed. And this is the condition of all mankind. All mankind is broken and out of relationship with God. But in this time frame, God declared that he would make a way. And he's already done it. Like Pastor oh, Pastor Dave, this morning when you brought up the new covenant, from mentioned out of Jeremiah, that that day is now. It's already happened. Jesus has come. So after this, we know this. It happened. Jesus came and he took us from us going and hiding and said, no, you don't have to hide. I'm going to make you hidden. So we have to move from hiding to being hidden. And I thought, God, how could you do that? How could you take the exact reality that we were in? At the moment sin hit our life, he went and hid. He said, I hid myself. And Jesus said, don't you realize I'm telling you that I took care of it. You will never have to hide yourself again. Because I have hidden you. I have hidden you in Christ. You are hidden. And I was, I'm just telling you, I, was just, I don't get all this stuff. I just was blown away in this moment, though, to realize, wow, you went and did it. And you even put it in here. And I had never really noticed it before. I'd never seen the, the language that said, I was naked and I hid myself. And then we see God making very clear through his word for you died and your life is hidden with Christ. We will never have to hide ourselves again. We will never have to feel naked or ashamed again, regardless of what happens. He made a way so that we could forever be removed from this. And I, I'm telling you, I know just from my own experience that we often don't realize that we stumble, we struggle, we beat ourselves up and we, uh, for me, I, the Lord would say to me, how come when you mess up, I got to suffer. <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, whenever you feel like you're not measuring up or you've done something wrong, you put yourself on timeout. So we all got to wait. You already wasted the time messing up. And now we got to waste this time while you, you know, put yourself in time out for whatever time you feel like is long enough before you could minister again or have an encouraging word or even come and, you know, worship me. Like, so we all got to wait because you, you know, and I was like, oh my God, that's the dumbest thing like ever. Why am I doing that? I didn't even know I was doing it. Didn't even notice. And it's like, oh, he's like, how about if you just immediately, as soon as you notice, you just say, oh, forgive me. I don't, I want to accept what you've done on the cross. Just like that. As soon as you notice you're out of line or whatever, lazy, whatever you are beating yourself up, don't go into time anymore. And I tell you from that day, it's been about five years. It hasn't been that long. Uh, I just don't do it anymore. Like, nope. I don't care. I don't care what I've just done. I accept my forgiveness and I'm going right back to it. It, it slows us down. It, it actually dwindles our life away. It robs God of what he has paid, paid for. And I'm telling you, the father is declaring, I will have what I paid for. I will have what my son gave himself for. And that's our lives in, in a, a beautiful life. He's not asking for some like horrible life. He wants this beautiful life to come through you. And I believe today the Lord is saying, listen, enough is enough. No more hiding. I have hidden you. So wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you say, 
I'm hiding you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, Adam said, I was afraid. So I hid myself. I was afraid to say this. I was afraid to declare how great God is. Or how about I'm afraid to just get up there and talk about all how God is because like this is still going on in my life. And what about this family relationship that's all screwed up and shouldn't we look a whole lot better? And I mean, before I get up and prophesy, because it's like, you know, and it guys like, I'm hiding you. Don't worry about it. I'm hiding you. You're hidden. You're hidden from the consequences of your sin. And I know, we, listen, those who know me know, I'm like, I don't know, you know, you'll suffer because you'll let yourself for one. Because we don't know how to just receive the forgiveness of God. The faster we get at that, let me tell you, the, the sin frequency will break too. See, we think, and I think the human mentality is to, that, and I, I'm guilty of this. Like, well, after you pay your consequence, you know, because you got to learn, right? Like with your kids, right? They got to, gotta, they got to learn. So I have to teach them. So there has to be a penalty. And this is not parenting. I'm not sure how to resolve all this, by the way. Uh, But I'm just saying that my most profound, most impacting moments with Jesus are not based on my penalties. It's, they're based on the lack of penalty. On the like, I love you. And no, I don't want you to pay that. I paid it. That those moments, the revelations of that is what have propelled me forward the most. So we need to get, stop putting ourselves in timeout, benching ourselves. Well, I could do more in the ministry once that, you know, well, once that's worked out and it's all kinds of things from our sin to what we think life should look like, you know, well, once I'm married, you know, or that once my kids are bigger or once, you know, there's all kinds of things. That they're just stumbling blocks. They're just things that are in the way. That Those things will work themselves out. You're seated with Christ in him. And so this morning, I believe that the Lord somehow, supernaturally, is like going to flip your view to see where you really are. And so I just want to pray that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your reminders, your word, and your voice that begin to declare who we are, where we are. We are in you. We are setting our minds this morning on the reality. Right now, I come against every confusion, every spirit of confusion or doubt. In the name of Jesus, every religious spirit in Jesus' name, I break your power. I render your words ineffective, your methods ineffective. I come against oppressive spirits that press and demand behavioral changes over relational positioning. In the name of Jesus, I declare that you are in him. That by believing in the cross of Jesus, Lord, we declare that we have died with you. Our old life, our old man has died. 
And we have been raised in power. And we are seated, hidden in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Far above power and principality. Far above everything. Above difficulty. Above fear. Above anxiety. Above addiction. Above. We are above only and never beneath. In the name of Jesus, I declare eyes be open and see your reality. I thank you, Lord, that you're still in the same ministry. You're still opening the blind eyes. So may your spirit open our blind eyes. Open our eyes to see the glory all around us. What the cross has accomplished. Jesus, you've paid it all. You've done it all. And when we see where we really are, we won't struggle anymore. So I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. There are, there's someone in here who's concerned about their husband's walk with Jesus. Concerned that it's either not at all happening or that it's not happening the way it should. And the Lord is saying, I am who I said I am. And I will lead them. Just like I speak to you. Just like I speak to anyone. I know how to speak to the heart of a man. And you don't know the things and the conversations that I'm having with him. But they are being had, he said. They are being had. And he is hearing me. So prepare yourself. And get yourself ready for the man that he's going to be. Because right now you're not ready. So get yourself ready. Because he will walk in the way that I have planned for him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There are some that have been, have struggled with seasons of depression that come like a season shift. Like you're good, but then it shows up and sometimes you might discount it and act like, or think things like, well, it's just because this is going on or it's just, you know, the fall or no. Mm -mm. The Lord said, that's not, it's not coincidental. It's not chemical. He said, it is a strategy that has worked against you. It's a basic principle of the world that you're believing. And today it's broken in the name of Jesus. It is a spirit that comes around. And as you give it permission with your, like, oh, it's because of this or it's because of that. Or it's my history. My gut says your history and your upbringing. And none of that is in this equation because you died. You were buried with me in baptism. And you were raised up with me in power. And when you came up, none of that came with you. So your only family history now is that you are a son and daughter of God. And your family line is royalty and joy and strength and courage and only triumphing. 
only triumphing. You will never be under it again. But you must recognize it when it shows up and remind yourself, nope, that's not for me. Thank you, Lord. From this day, the Lord says, from this day, you will never see it again. Thank you, Lord. Only you, Lord. Open our eyes. Anything else, Holy Spirit? Come. Thank you, Lord. Your perfect love is being poured out. He said, my perfect love is being poured out today. And right now, I just, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I remove the lid off of the well of your soul. In the name of Jesus, I see a a lid like on a well, a water well, and I lift it in the name of Jesus, and I release the perfect love of God to flow in now so that it doesn't just flow over but flows in because fear is being eradicated from your life. Perfect love is flowing today to cast out fear. There is no fear of failure. There is no fear of lack. There is no fear of sickness and death and disease. In my perfect love, the Lord says, fear is cast out because fear has torment. So torment, you're done today. So Lord, I pray that for those who the, the lid has kept it from filling their tank and they've tasted it and swam in it and felt it, but it didn't remain in their tank. Today, I pray that that lid would remain open and that you would fill it with your perfect love to overflowing. I thank you, Lord, that you're pouring out your love. There's only one way to deal with fear. Only one. Let the perfect love of God flood it out. It's like the floods of Noah that washed away wickedness. The flood of the love of God will wash away fear. You can't demand it out. You can't push it out. You got to flood it out with the love of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So now I said that Wednesday, uh, the Lord gave me, he began to tell me something about this church, this, these leaders, the people. I actually, which will, I'm about to tell myself that I woke up after 8 o'clock that day. I think I got up and then went laid back down. But the, because I, on Wednesday, I, um, when I opened my eyes, I grabbed my phone to see what time it is. And it said 818. And immediately, I Deuteronomy 818 comes to mind. Now, I don't always look at a scripture and, or the time and go, oh, this scripture. Like, in fact, I don't once in a while, but immediately. So I'm like half asleep still. Why I was still asleep at that time, I don't know. Um, can't remember now. Um, oh, I do remember. I just got back from Cuba. Like, wait a minute. I'm not apologizing for sleeping in that day. I flew in from Cuba the day before. Great. That explains. I'm like, why was I in bed at 8? Yes, I... And so I got up and began to spend some time with the Lord. I immediately knew he was talking about this place. And I sat down, um, as is my custom, in this particular chair and began to pull out the scriptures. And I looked at Deuteronomy 8.18. It says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. 
And as soon as I read it, the Lord then dropped this word in my heart about this place. He said, the generous soul will be made rich. And he began to tell me, this is a generous people. This is a generous church. These are generous leaders. This is generous people. And the generous soul will be made rich. God is going to do what he said he can do. He's a promise keeper. Listen, you can't, you can't, it is going to happen. Like this is the deal. When God says something, it's going to happen. You know, he declared that Jesus was coming like forever till people didn't believe anymore. They're like, it ain't ever going to happen. Let me tell you something. It happened. What he says is going to happen is going to happen. It's already in motion. But I don't believe that he just brought it to my attention because like, oh, yeah, you know, one day. I believe that's what's being opened up in this house. Like the time is here. The time is here. He's like, I'm aware. I I believe by the time he mentions it to me, he's like, hey, I want to tell someone something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, hey. You know, really? Like, it's like, hey, look. That's kind of how I felt sitting there. He's like, hey, look. Look at them. Look at this house. They're generous. And I said the generous soul will be made rich. And I know what he's looking for with me. Someone who just believes him, like, that, yes, that's true. You're really saying it. Oh, and you keep your promise. So, let's see, if they're generous, you're telling me they're generous. They're about to get rich. No, I mean, and that's why I told you. I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, show up with that. I mean, you, you understand what I mean by that? There's this weird thing with that. Like, yeah, it's good news. But it can also sound like you're just trying to come and say good things. I recently had... <laughs> Pastor Ty, just talking, we're having a conversation. He goes, hey, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you ever get words of warning for us? <laughs> I was like, I loved it, though. Like, I was a little like, oh. And he goes, no, really. Like, because if you do, I need you to tell us. And so we giggled a little bit. And he was like, no, really. So, like, <laughs> I, I said, well, you know, we talked that through a little bit, how that part works. And um, then he said, how about for me personally? (laughs) And I said, no, but he's like, but you'll tell me, right? I said, yes, especially since now you have, I would, you know. Anyway, so my point is, like, you want to make sure you're telling people what God is saying. You want to make sure that you're not just trying to bring words that make people feel good. Or God forbid, any other motive. I have no motive. I don't know what's, you know, I don't know details of what goes on here. I know, though, the heart of a people. And I know what God, I know the voice of God. And so if he sits me down with my coffee the day after I got back from Cuba and he decides this is what he wants to talk about, then this is what he wants to talk about. That means this is what's on his agenda. Not to mention he knew I would be here on this day. He knew that, you know, forever ago, before the foundations of time. He's like, well, you just go in and tell him. Because my real job is not to be, I love it, this is me getting free. Okay, sorry, I don't know how much time, if I have five minutes, I'm probably over five minutes or ten minutes, I don't know. But here, this is me just getting my own freedom. Because my job is not to come here and teach you or even to pastor you. But my responsibility is to say what God is saying. And be hidden in him and not worried about who do you think you are. And why do you think you get to say whatever. I don't know. He said so. Like, if you got a problem with it, talk to him. But before I was born, he knew me and he called me. And he was my way maker through all my darkness. He was my light. He He made a way. He kept his promises even when I didn't. 
He's the promise keeper. He didn't say, I'm a promise keeper and so are you. Now, listen, we start to get transformed and we start to look like him. Yes. But we're not up here singing, you know, Waymaker and now so am I. No. (laughs) I'm like, I'm down here going, light in the darkness. Oh, I'm still so dark. I'm still so ignorant. I still don't see. And you're still my light. So you're a generous people. And God is going to make you rich in every way. You're generous not only, let me clarify, in finances, but it often is the test of the heart. I don't know what that's all about. Isn't that weird? Like, we're, that's the deal. I don't know why, but it is. But you're generous in who you are. You're generous in your relationships. And be more generous. Stay generous with your families and with each other. Be generous with mercy. I believe you're generous with mercy and forgiveness. Be generous. Generosity is huge. Jesus is the most generous. He is a generous man. We live in the generous man. So for those of you who are like, oh, I haven't been that generous. That's okay. You're living in a generous man. So you're automatically in it. And he's going to make you rich in every way. Deuteronomy 8.18. And you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. It's all about covenant. It's all about what Jesus did. It all points back to Jesus handled all this. But this word gives, I looked it up, and some of the other words just felt really cool to me. Gives you power, adds to you power, applies to you power, appoints to you power. I feel good about that. Like I feel like I'm appointed some power. To get wealth. I don't know why that just helped. I'm like, yeah, you get, but appointed feels a little more official. God has appointed power to you to get wealth. <laughs> I don't know why. Is that just me or does that feel just like, it's an, I feel like we just got like an official document. Not just like, yeah, God gives and, you know, because gifts can be, you know, we, I don't know, we're humans. We're like, I don't have to give you a gift. That's if I choose. A point, a scribe, assigned. I mean, there is some power to get wealth that is assigned to this house. It is appointed to this house. It's ascribed to this house. It's bestowed. It's charged, committed to this house. This word, this is just the, the Hebrew word, just some other ways that it could be said. Committed, directed up, or, or excuse me, delivered up, directed Come on, there's some power directed to you, to the house, and to you, and to you, and to you. There's power appointed to you. It's like this is set up for you. It's granted, rendered. (laughs) Yield. God's like, I'm going to yield my power. To you to get wealth. And so I believe that's what God is saying in this house. As I'm saying it, a passage that comes to me. Uh, that the sons of Issachar were. They, they were. They could know this. Times and seasons it says. You know, and everyone always stops there. But the next line actually says. That Israel would know what they ought to do. And so the reason to know the time and season. There's a reason. When God wants to let you know what's coming, it's so that you can get ready. So there are some of you that need to get ready for the financial breakthrough that you have hoped and prayed for. Get ready. 
It could be that you need to clean up some, some debt, which sounds weird. Like, well, no, I'll clean up the debt when I get it. No, start working on that now in preparation for it. Or maybe get on, I don't know if, <laughs> here's telling on myself, kind of like the little potty thing. Uh, like I'm giving you all too much information. But when I would get overwhelmed about finances, I would just not look at it. Anybody do that? Like it's called the ostrich thing. Like your head is in the sand and you don't want to see it. But that, you know, can get out of control. So like if you just haven't been able to look at it because you're just like, I don't see how it's going to work. It's okay. Don't be afraid. Take, get your eyes back on it and get ready. Get ready. Because there's inheritance coming. And for some of you, it's relationship. Get ready. Get ready to receive that spouse. Get ready to receive that sibling or daughter or niece or nephew. You know, get ready. Because you got to be ready. We want these things. But then they show up and we're like, mm. right? Oh, or am I the only one who's answered the door to my oldest son that way? <laughs> What are you doing there? <laughs> like the Lord's like, you've been praying and fasting. And then you ask, you look at him like, you know, anyways, we're good now. Just saying. No, but it's true. I got to keep myself. I got to be ready to be willing to receive. Are you willing to receive? Oh, we need to be willing to receive. So let's just open ourselves up to be willing. I feel like God's saying, come on, you're positioned in me, right? We know where we live. We live in heavenly places. We're hidden in Christ, so we don't have to be afraid. So we receive this morning. Lord, we receive truth today that we are hidden in you. We don't have to be afraid of those things that you're going to bestow on us. We're not afraid to have the wealth and the power to get it. We're not afraid of the relationship restoration that's coming. So in the name of Jesus, we say we're ready. We're ready to receive. And for those of you who, you should, you, things that are quickening in your mind, even things I haven't mentioned, God knows all the things that are yours to come and receive them. Receive the calling, receive the restoration, the renewal, the refreshing, the washing. Receive it today. You are his beloved. You are worthy. And he is true to his word. The generous soul shall be made rich. So I declare over this place, over this generous church, over this generous leadership, over every generous soul in this congregation, in the name of Jesus, I declare you are rich. You have been made rich. And every blockage, every kink in the hose, In the name of Jesus, by the power of my words, I release those places. I open those places up. Every crooked place is being made straight. In the name of Jesus, every low or humiliating place is being lifted up. And every high and prideful place is being brought down in the name of Jesus so that we can make straight a path. But the blessing of the Lord, because the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. So I declare no sorrow, a fleeing of sorrow. Sorrow, you're out. And richness and blessing, you're in. This indeed will be a Thanksgiving season. You will indeed give thanks, says the Lord. You will indeed thank me. You will thank me. You will rejoice. 
Your heart will expand with joy over all that I will do for you, says the Lord. I am a good and benevolent God. I have prepared and paid everything. And I come against the lie that there's still some things you need to pay for. Still some things you got to get in order. God says, I've got them in order. I need you to believe that you're hidden me. And these things are all done. They're all paid for. Marriages are being restored today where there has been infidelity. The Lord says, I am finally and finishing this. You are healed. You are restored. I am the God who paid for it. And it's okay to forgive. It's okay. You're safe because you're hidden in me, says the Lord. In Jesus.